Previously on Polyvox. I called you here because these three high-profile Seaglass alumni have already disappeared, actually, uh, in the last six years, which may not seem like a lot, but the three who disappeared were actually related. Uh, they were a family of highly regarded translators who directly opposed the works of, um, and he lowers his voice a little bit, Dr. Sean Coulter? Three of the notebooks contain dossiers written in this wide looping script, and they're about the three vanished academics, Kita Liod, the imperial cartographer, Tsin the Eloquent, the associate professor of archaeology, and their daughter, Fia, who had recently graduated Seaglass with a degree in philology or linguistics prior to her disappearance. Curiously, the final volume, which appears to be the most frequently and recently used, is in that very different handwriting, the slanted, scratchy handwriting. So this one matches the handwriting on Dr. Coulter's desk. Dr. Coulter chuckles and he says, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Harrington. There's a certain irony to being proven right in your theories on the hidden folk in this way, but it's too bad you won't be able to tell anybody. And he draws a long dagger with a dark blade and points it at you. And you actually begin to feel kind of weird. Oh, come on! Your your legs begin to weaken and give out underneath uh, you. Damn it! And you are now lame. You fall over and you can't walk. Oh. Um. You also take uh, physical damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and your legs are in excruciating pain. Ah! <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> uh oh. Um, and he says uh, to you, I told you it's too late. You can't stop me. Unless you know this Spurtis's name, you can't stop the magic, and you can't stop him from ever taking control. Or was it the name that um, the girl gave him? Uh. As soon as you say Roshin, Dr. Coulter screeches a horrible blood-curdling scream. And the fog draws back from him and you see his body dripping with sweat, twisted in horrible, impossible shapes, suspended in the air. Um, <clears throat> Victor, you regain control of your legs. Oh, thank God. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, can Victor stand? Yeah, you can mm. stand up, but you still feel a little weak. Mm-hmm. Um, can I? As you watch. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Can I give Victor my walking stick? Yeah. With that. Thanks, man. Yeah. A long, fat, off-white worm uncoils from inside his mouth, and. You're blasted with heat and the smell of sulfur, and the fog totally lifts. The worm drops to the ground, one coil at a time, with a soft plop sound. Stubby pink tentacles surround what you assume is the worm's mouth. And Dr. Coulter twists out of his position in midair and falls to the ground beside the worm, moaning. The worm is still, but for the occasional pulse and the wave of a tentacle and it begins to smoke, and its skin begins to blister and peel. You actually hear this small whispering in your heads, and it says, I'm sorry, Via. I failed. I couldn't find you. And the worm bursts into a sudden bright white flame, which briefly dazzles you and the shadows of the Twelve seated around the dais sway sickeningly on the walls. The Thera Society has wrapped up their first adventure, but it seems they still have some loose ends to follow. Find out what's up with those missing academics with us on Polybox!
it's just on these guys' case about getting ready, like... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right. So last we left off, you had defeated Roisin the Spurtis, who had taken control of Dr. Sean Coulter's body and was using him for some dark ritual in the basement of the Library of the Moon. Hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm very kidding. I'm very, very kidding. That was gross. <laughs> um, it's been about five weeks since then, uh, and Dr. Coulter has been locked in the asylum wing of the university hospital. He's apparently severely dissociated from reality and is trapped in a world of his own, occasionally babbling nonsense. Um, so we can go through your characters one at a time and have then maybe a more holistic view of what the group at large has been up to afterwards. Um, but first, let's introduce uh, our um, our player who couldn't join us last time, Lindsay Weiss. Hello, my friends. So sorry I was not yeah. here. There was a death in the family, uh, specifically the goat herd. Uh, we took it pretty rough. Um, I'm sorry. But you know, I sent I sent. You, I sent our, my fellow players pictures, and I can send pictures to any podcast listeners who might be interested to see Karina. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Please, please do. If uh, please do tweet Karina and and everyone listening to this podcast, go boost Karina on Lindsay's <laughs> Twitter, um, which is at Cardio Lover six six six. So at Cardio Lover six six six. Um, I love cardio. Also, so <laughs> because like because like we're kind of starting fresh uh, on this show, and uh, we um, we may be like archiving or paywalling our first season uh, because we didn't finish it. Whoops. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Lindsay, would you mind like introducing yourself, like name pro- name pronouns, education, and um, interests, and fun facts about your character Isolde Goodmadotir? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, my name is Lindsay Weiss. My pronouns are they, them. I went to uh, North... uh, It's a a few years ago at this point, but I went to Northwestern University with a double major in theater and gender studies. I did that for a while. Didn't want to do it anymore. And then I became a farmer. And now I am a livestock farmer working with goat, sheep, cattle, pigs, and chickens, but especially goats. Uh here in uh new york so that's me um also me is isold goodman's daughter uh who is 13 years old and boy is she troubled (laughs) she's just troubled uh you know she's a wide-eyed little girl whose eyes are wide with curiosity and absolute abject horror at the supernatural happenings around her and in fact sometimes within her at all times so <laughs> that's what you gotta know about miss Isold. she has three siblings and a dog and the dog's name is darren darren that's right <laughs> yeah i love that darren. <laughs> I love. <laughs> she's just a wide-eyed little girl, and her eyes are wide with ghosts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun fact about uh, Isold: there is nothing fun about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fun fact about Isold: she is if Ghost Quartet by Dave Malloy was less fun and more haunted. <laughs> fun fact about Isold: she is unfamiliar with the concept of fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so so poor poor Isolde is uh is not not doing so hot but um but we're we are going to enjoy the heck out of meeting her this this mystery arc um and uh great so so um let's uh so let's let's start off with the prologue to this mystery um and maybe uh take a character by character view of what everyone has been up to in the five weeks since, um, since Dr. Coulter was, uh, despertist. 
My God, <laughs> desperdist. Yeah. Can't wait to find out De- what that means. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah. To to re- to briefly recap the the uh, the episode, there was a worm inside a man, and it was giving him magic powers, but also like driving him insane. It's kind of like if 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 tapeworms were hallucinogenic for everybody involved, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> including the tapeworm. Yeah, I guess. That sounds fun. That sounds funky. That sounds like it would sell in Bushwick. Uh, it's on you. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, oh, no. <laughs> oh, I had a terrible experience in Bushwick the other night. I'll there are no good experiences. There are no good experiences in Bushwick. Don't go there. No, I, I, I learned the other night. <laughs> Ugh. Um, but anyway, so Victor, let's start with you. What have you been up to uh, in your recovery in the last five weeks? Your um, your your like your legs are a little weak still. Yeah. Um, you're s- still not really walking super great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that since Victor is now. Now that he's more empowered by the fact that, holy shit, other people actually have seen this stuff, and there are people out there who want to make shit happen, I think he's been, like, reading up more, he's been journaling more, because, of course, he's a journaling bitch. Um, (laughs) I think, uh... I can't... What's his journaling hack? His journaling hack? Yeah, yeah. Is he a bullet guy? No, he's not a bullet guy. <laughs> I think I think he's just one of those like old fashioned like, uh, just like you know, classic diary stuff. But also, I think yes. he does keep like, oh my god, no, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give him a fucking field journal. <laughs> like, okay, cool, cool, cool. All the stuff he comes across, he'll like write it down. So he's uh. He's talked about the the Spurtis in he's like written about it. Uh, I think he's probably tried to draw it to the best of his ability in like a little like a corner of the page and then he just writes about his experience with it and like what it does and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, sometimes it all it takes is to get your legs almost cursed off to like really get into writing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had him do like a personal journal, I think. Like, before, I still haven't completed his, uh, his backstory, but it's gonna be in journal form, because he's, he is a diary bitch. Uh, nice. so, I'm gonna have that ready soon, hopefully. But, yeah, cool. uh, but he did, I think he did start, like, a field journal, because now he's actually getting, like, quote, field experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've got the armchair ethnographer here. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Battle scarred for once. <laughs> yeah. Dear diary, I saw a worm explode out of the man. I feel great. Oh my God. <laughs> I got a leak in the knees. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dear diary, that shit sucked. <laughs> Do you ever think Malinowski like? <laughs> like some of his code was just like just like dear diary these people that I secretly hate did something that I can't understand and that just sucks that just sucks a lot <laughs> conclude field notes for the day <laughs> in addition to his field notes and like his personal diary he had an even secreter diary that's just like yeah. shit sucks I hate it here but in Polish <laughs> An even secreter diary. Even secreter diary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's that. Uh, there's that one picture of Malinowski where he's sitting next to like in the middle of uh, four Trobriand Islanders, and the body language and face that he's making is very much this shit sucks. <laughs> like, he's not happy to be there. Jesus. No. Well, he was trapped there for like the entirety of World War One or something. So, like, <laughs> thanks. I hate it. You hate it. Yeah, like if I were if I were like that, like 
back ass racist words and like <laughs> stuck in a, stuck in a realm of the world where like there were no white people and like unable to go home because of a war that I just had no stake in. Like I would probably hate my life a lot too. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> That's the definition of a shitty, a shitty. You played endeavor. yourself. Yeah. yeah, it sounds yeah, like you played yourself. Truly, <laughs> truly, <laughs> like honestly, like <laughs> sometimes you just gotta found the field of anthropology to like <laughs> to, to make the days go by uh, in order to not. <laughs> this shit sucks so hard. I invented a social science. <laughs> wow. No, yeah, he he 100% played himself and he got what he deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so, so that's 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 Victor. You've been writing um, your your field work. <laughs> uh, Rue, uh, what have you been up to in the last five weeks or so? So, I feel like at first they didn't know what to do with their time. Because they're yeah. so used to the army, which they've been mm-hmm. in for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, in relation to their companions, I feel like they like Nicodemus more and hate Victor more as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I feel like just progressively they're liking Nicodemus more and Victor less just the more they get to know um, and just a lot of exploration um, I feel like they've been exploring the mansion a lot because they're sure. like all this space whoa um and of course, Mr. Frisch. They're fascinated with. Yeah. But again, from a distance. <laughs> Mr. Frisch is like. Mr. Frisch is like indulging your fascination in like the way that. In the only way he seems to know, know how, which is by cleaning. He's 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 cleaning most vigorously and he's cleaning he's cleaning in the most vigorous and and like absurdly efficient way you've ever seen anyone clean. And you were in the army. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like like, Rue did does like tests where they'll like move a chair slightly or something and see how long (laughs) it will take to for Mr. Freeze to frantically run over and change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you don't even notice him there. He just like you just hear you just hear someone scamper like through the room, like through the hallway, (laughs) and you cut you like look back behind you, and the chair is back where it was before. I love that. Yeah. So, um, and I also like that it's kind of like a zero sum game. Like your your liking for Nicodemus has like equal parts (laughs) hating for Victor. (laughs) Yeah. This is so. I've never played a hated character before, so this is gonna be so weird. (laughs) Friendship ended with Victor. My new best friend is Nicodemus <laughs> and all his weird animals. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Rue really likes the animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Tiberius is probably like Tiberius is probably like taking a liking to Rue as well. Um I think it's probably hard for uh for Aloysius to like engage with Rue on his own terms. But <laughs> Um, you know what? Let's 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 maybe do a scene. Let's have like, let's have a scene where uh where Rue, um, you are like first trying to get um uh get Nicodemus to take Aloysius out of his cage because you've never seen him out of his cage. Nicodemus, come on, yeah. just. Like two seconds. I I I don't really think that's a good idea. I think 
Why not? Uh, well, Temples, you, you know Temples. Temples is uh, he's a, he's a sweet boy. Aloysius, he has an effect on people, and it's <laughs> not a good one. No, no. I what? would say, but, uh, if and I I say this as we fully like we've we've gone through some shit. Uh, but if if are you are you sure? Let me ask you that. <laughs> I mean, I tend to have an effect on people as well, so we'll have that in common. <laughs> well, I don't know what the right answer was, but I think that was it. And I I slowly open because because Aloysius's cage it has like a little blanket over it. I just peel it up. <laughs> And I, again, he looks like brown and black speckled feathers and his eyes are fully shut. And then they, I like tap on his cage just like very slightly and his eyes open and they're like the size of ping pong balls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I just like, come here, come here, boy, come here, come here. And I open up the cage and he hops onto my fingers. <laughs> and I, I like point him at uh, Rue. And Aloysius just goes, <laughs> like the most unsettling death knell out of this feathered Muppet. <laughs> How big are Pokus? They're like, um, I want to say like a foot tall and like maybe like a foot and a half and then like half a foot wide so they're oh, holy pretty, shit pretty beefy they boys are, i think they can be they're two feet long oh yeah they're they're some big boys that's my boy damn <laughs> so i just bring out this nightmare <laughs> <laughs> and go here you go would you like to pet it would you like to pet it Will he bite me? Perhaps. There is yeah. a yes. very real there's a very real possibility. <laughs> and, and at that moment, Aloysius just makes unflinching eye contact with you. <laughs> <laughs> Rue stares back at the bird, hesitates a moment, and goes. Fair enough. It slowly raises their hand to pet the bird. Mm. Aw. <laughs> I think then Aloysius, he like, like, at first his feathers like flare up. It's like, oh no, who's this? Who's this? But then, <laughs> you know how when like a toucan or like a shoebill stork is like really happy and it like claps its beak really fast? It goes like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think I think that's the noise that Aloysius makes. And he enjoys he enjoys the pet in like a very disturbing way. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I've never um, seen that before. That it never happens. Like I said, I have an effect on people. <laughs> Ooh. Beautiful. All right. So, um, Nicodemus, how have you been spending the last five weeks? Um, I think Nicodemus has just sort of slowly been... A mixture of, like, he's still processing the fact that other people can see the face. Like, that's still, like, a very... Like, imagine if, like, if a kid had all, was all its life afraid of, like, the boogeyman, and, like, no one else mentioned it, and then suddenly, oh, the boogeyman? Yeah, it's real, and we've all seen it. And he will for <laughs> sure murder you. And he... He has murdered and he will murder again. So like, <laughs> I think 
he's still processing that but at the same time like he's used to new environments i think he uh he he's glad that rue has sort of warmed up to him i think he absolutely uh like raids the pantry in the manor and like occasionally like <laughs> throws a handful of grain or like rice just on the floor just so that mr Frisch can like <laughs> in the same way that like i want to be clear this place has been uninhabited for like 15 years so whatever oh. is there is not good to eat oh nicodemus <laughs> knows that nicodemus knows that and he fully he's basically like a a junkyard dog he can <laughs> he has made a living on cruel mark ii it's like uh it's he's, like the babadook he really is cruel mark ii um uh yeah i think like he is like trying to see the best in uh victor like he gave victor his walking stick Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and like trying to like i don't know if i 100 agree 100 percent agree with everything that you say and do but i sense that it comes from a not terrible that it comes from a good place so yeah Mm -hmm. he's old let's move on to you so I think um so we're, <laughs> we're we're going to put um Isolde's hometown in Tidefall, which is um about uh well it's a few it's a few kilometers north of um of New Una, the city of scholars, which is where the, the Theorist Society is located. Um and I think in your hometown in uh, you've been having visions. Most of them come to you as dreams with increasing frequency and intensity. And finally, every night of the first week of Hunter's Moon, you dream that you are in one of the gardens of your mansion, and outside the walls, the sky is glowing orange. A soft rain is starting, but it tastes strangely sour to you, and your skin and nose and hair seem to burn with the stench of a world on fire. What do you do? I remember. I tried to remember what Auntie said. That it's only a dream, and I need only wake up. That's a good voice. That's a That's good really voice. Good. <laughs> Thank you. I like that I, voice. I used to be an actor. <laughs> Same. All right. So outside the garden gate, a pool of liquid metal glowing white hot is beginning to deepen. Flames flickering and steam hissing along its surface in places where it drains into the gutters along the street and where the rain is hitting it. As the river of molten metal hisses into your garden, smothering and incinerating all the plants within, it picks up speed and seems to make a beeline for your feet. I want you to make an observation test to use your medium talent, because Isolde is a medium. And observation is the thing that I use medium talent with, right? Yeah. So roll six d six. If she ever commits a if she ever commits a crime, she's gonna be a small medium at large. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I haven't heard that joke in a long time. I'm glad I did. I've never heard that one. Wow. A fine vintage. That's a good one. <laughs> so six d six. Yes. And do I add my observation value, which is two? Uh, no. Your two two is just another number of dice. So, um, wait. How much? How much? Observation is an empathy test, right? I believe so. What is your empathy score? My empathy score is three. Okay, so five. Okay, so it's five. It's going to be five. Five to six. Right. All right. One and six. One and six again. Six again. Damn. On the same die that rolled those two sixes. Weird. (laughs) That is weird. Six, six, six. Six, six, six. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. I am the, uh, you know, 
I am the goat specialist. Uh, yeah, you know. that's true. You are the goat specialist. Nice. So goat, goat. Um, so you want <laughs> you want sixes. So uh, when you roll a six, that's a success. Um, so I'm going to say that uh, in this dream, before you wake up, a figure is trying to cross the river of molten metal to get to your garden. The figure is dressed in a leather apron over denim coveralls, and they tr- they call to you in a gruff voice scarred by years of working in a smoky factory. They say, Find me at the hillside tavern in three days, if you want to save your home. And the dream evaporates around the factory worker and your burning home in stinky, hazing smoke. You awake with the kind of headache that tells you that this was a sort of prophecy. It's still dark outside. You open your door and see a low flickering orange glare and panic momentarily before you realize that it's coming from the fireplace in the main hall. Your parents are sitting by the fire, speaking in hushed, hurried tones, and you see a letter in their hand. What do you do? I say... Hello, Mommy. Hello, Daddy. Oh, uh, my... My dear, is is old. Uh, what what are you doing up? I'm sorry it's so late. I was frightened. Well, go go back to sleep. It's it's there's nothing to be scared of. And you see them trying to hold the letter behind their back. Have you received a letter? Um Make an observation test. Is it spam, Father? (laughs) (laughs) Father, I warranty. Three and three. Three and three. It's about my car's extended warranty. (laughs) (laughs) Three and three? Wait, what what does that mean? Because I have two observation, right? And so I roll two no, dice? No, you roll, uh, you roll uh, five dice. Oh, because it draws on yeah, empathy. Yeah, draws on empathy. Okay, so three, three. Five, three. Six. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, you spot the uh, the face of your mother, and it sounds like you've caught her in a lie. Uh, it looks like you've caught her in a lie. You see... The face of your mother sounds like you've got her. <laughs> She's lying so saying? much you can hear it <laughs> seeping from On her, her pores. You just, you just, yeah, you can hear her uh, grinding her jaws. Yes. Um, I can hear it in your face. You just hear like. <laughs> um, and she sees on your face that you've caught her. So she. Um, she takes the she takes the letter out from behind her and says, um, "Oh yes, uh, well we just we just." Uh, she doesn't really have much to say, and then your your father takes it out of her hands and says, "Why it's from your aunt Ailish. Um We we haven't spoken to her in a while, and I didn't even know if you remembered her. So um, we." We were just going to figure... Would you like to open it together? All right. So the letter says, My dear child, despite the best efforts of your parents, it recently came to my attention that you have the ability to see the unseen. You may not remember me, but I am in a unique position to help you understand your abilities. If you come to Woodspire Manor in New Una, I can introduce you to several friends who are going through some similar experiences. You may even be able to help me find an old friend and restore balance to the world once you have control of your powers. I want to help in any way I can. Love, Eilish. And you hardly do remember Auntie Eilish, but you've always felt drawn to her. You've called on her words when you felt that you're having some kind of supernatural experience and 
to beat back the kind of demons in your head and it's like this her words on the page are kind of almost unlocking something inside of you and almost as soon as like as soon as you have this experience of suddenly feeling like a flood of emotions pours into you and your parents are like ha 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 isn't that ridiculous ha 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 <laughs> oh that crazy sister of yours dear at, uh, at my okay I was gonna be like at my emotions or no, or no, no, no. no. At the... your emotions are hilarious <laughs> never mind <laughs> ha ha oh, bitch baby dumb little bitch no. so, um, literally <laughs> your dad crosses up on you Oh yeah, but yeah, no, parents are like, oh, like, yeah, literally. But no, my parents are like, ha ha, wacky, hey, yeah. your wacky sister, ha ha, you know. So, um, uh, what do you do? Yeah, think for a minute. <laughs> and I don't quite know what to say, but I say... I remember Auntie Eilish. She was kind to me. Yes. Do you think I should oh, go to the well, manor? I, I think... I, I don't think so, dear. I think that you, you're needed here, and it would be... Your aunt is, has always had a distorted view of things, and we wouldn't want to trouble you for such a... such a strange and frankly, rather unhinged missive. But she right, is right. right. I do see things, oh, don't you've I? you've always been imaginative, but that doesn't mean you see ghosts or demons. They're not real. I didn't think, I didn't think they were. Until things started happening. What's happened is old. I don't know and I don't want to speak of it. But I think they're real father. Alright, well. Why don't we talk about it in the morning? Alright. May I have some tea before bed? Certainly. They make you some tea, and um, and they kind of like they're clearly like they really want they 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 don't want anything to do with this letter. They don't they're they're frustrated that they that you caught them um, with this one success in observation. Like you can still read their emotions throughout this interaction, and um, they don't uh, they're very frustrated and they're very angry with Avish. Um, for putting all of this responsibility onto a child. Um, they think that she's crazy, and they're worried about you. Um, but uh, they make you some tea, and... Um, Can I do parent-child banter? <laughs> go for it. Okay, get ready. I'm so ready. I'm not ready at all. I'm not very good at this problem. <laughs> Papa, how were the pheasants today? Why, I, I got a, a big one, big as, big as a, how fucking big as a pheasant, Lindsay? Immediately breaks. They're like mediums. They're like medium birds. <laughs> They're like like a little right, smaller so than turkeys. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll come back. We'll circle back. We'll circle back <laughs> to circle pheasants. Circle back to pheasants, please. <laughs> Somebody else go. <laughs> that was medium bird size. It's bird is its own metric. <laughs> well, their their wingspan it can be up to like thirty four inches apparently. Oh damn. So about a potu. 
<laughs> why, why did this episode suddenly become about bird sizes? <laughs> <laughs> about 13 robin-sized wingspan. <laughs> We just need to throw in a banana yes. for scale. <laughs> Our listeners. Um. <laughs> yes, we, we packed one that had a 35-inch wing, wingspan, dear. <laughs> oh, Father, that's, that's slightly larger than average. Did you know? Mother, tell him the average wingspan of a pheasant is only thirty-four inches. Yes, How delightful. That's that's why we bagged this one. It spread its wings, and I I shot it. <laughs> How were you able to tell the inch difference from such a distance? Well, it wasn't far away. I went up and measured it, and then I shot it point blank with a gun. <laughs> I'm never looking anything oh, up goodness. again. No, I'm <laughs> oh, Father, you always come prepared with your tape measure. It's so characteristic. It's my, it's my best hunting tool. <laughs> and Mother, how, have you been in the root cellar today? Yes. Yes, I... Also, don't know what a root cellar is. <laughs> it's a cellar where you keep your roots over the winter. What? You know, like potatoes and parsnips and, and stuff. I was going to make a joke like that, but that's yeah, real. It's, it's a yeah. structure usually used on, usually underground or partially underground, used for storing vegetables, fruits, nuts, or other foods. Why, yes. The parsnips are looking just as parsnippy as they were in the fall. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I was so worried they would rot. I do love a parsnip. Yes, they're so bittersweet. Can this just be a full episode? Is just a taste. <laughs> yeah. talking. That's all I want. About different things. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I wouldn't know but, such things. I leave that to the servants. We have a servant for roots. Just for oh, roots. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, Brunhilda. Brunhilda. Oh, that woman knows roots. <laughs> we're going you to, can we're going, we're going to hire another one, Dennis, for just the beats. Really? She works so hard, she deserves an assistant. Yes. Oh, well, I do look forward to meeting Dennis and becoming more acquainted with his knowledge of beats. <laughs> we were... <laughs> we weren't going to, but he, he just exhibited such a font of inspiration about beats. He loves beats so much, he makes so many things with beats. Oh, goodness, what sorts of things? Sculptures. <laughs> Sculptures. My word. Oh, my God. Yet I've been eating my beets like a fool. Oh, sure. Oh, no. Like some sort of plebeian. No, beet sculptures are all the rage. Oh, my goodness, it's been so long since we've been to the city. I should Why? like to see some art again sometime soon. Why, of course we can go to the city, my dear, but... Oh, but... You know your father, we... Your your dad has gone to bed. He's he's tired of the beat conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, Good night, Papa. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Damn, I've got to bed. You know your father. He, he, you can never tell the honorable privateers from pirates these days, even if you are as well connected in the tidefall and capital ports as Guzman. But... I suppose we could take a coach. Oh, I should love that very much. Okay, Perhaps well, we could stop. Oh. What? Oh, no. Just, before we go to the. Before we go see Arch, perhaps we could stop at the bakery and. for a croissant. <laughs> yes, we could get. We, perhaps we could involve the croissant in 
in the beat sculptures somehow. It could be a base. Oh, my goodness. I should like that very much. I will make a note to speak of it to Dennis immediately. <laughs> yes, I think he'd like that. Um, well, all right. You have comforted me marvelous much, Mother. <laughs> I think I should return to bed as well. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so, she... She finishes her tea, and uh, the next morning, um, she has she your one of your one of your parents' servants comes to your door and lays like a very fancy outfit um, at the foot of your bed. It's like almost like a family portrait outfit. Um, and your mother comes into the doorway and says, I've convinced your father to let us go to the city. <gasps> what delightful news, Maman. Um, so we don't have to do the whole scene necessarily, but it's <laughs> a because it's an 18 hour trip. Holy shit. <laughs> In real time. <laughs> Just, we'll just stay here for 18 just, hours. We'll just talk about beats. Yeah, I'm here for 18 hours. hours. <laughs> I like little beats a lot. The podcast reviews are like, yeah, it's a lot of beat talk. I don't know. I know, but it beats all your podcasts I've heard. Oh, gosh. It's part beat podcast and part like fictional Metro North ride. Just, just the, fir- the first season is all. The first season is just all. The park. I I can't wait till yeah. they get to yeah, they, they get in an Uber and talk about beats. <laughs> and that's everything that Artists happens in episode in two. Getting going to see beats. whatever something about the comedians in cars getting coffee thing. I don't know. Based on hunters in rail cars getting beats. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> So um the one the one important thing is that if you want to like lose your mother and get like to um the Woodspire Manor um uh without her, there are three opportunities to do that because the carriage is going to stop in three places. It stops once in the cradle, once in Apprentice's Landing, um, and once in um, once in the destination of Nuuna, but um, Nuuna, they like you're going to be under the watchful eye of your mother the whole time. I don't know if Isolde can do this without parental approval. Hmm. She's not a she's a young thirteen. That's true. She's pretty much lived in a manor house her entire life. Okay. Is terrified of of circumstances, people, places, and things. That's fair. Okay, so in that case, why do But don't... if if it's important for the plot that I need to ditch my mom, I can find a way. I don't I don't think it's important that you need to ditch your mom, but I think it is important that you need to convince her to let you do this somehow. Um so why don't you roll a manipulation test? I don't have any manipulation, but I do have empathy. Yeah, so that would be four empathy. I only have three. Oh, three, I have three, three empathy. empathy. Three. I keep okay. thinking that you have four because that's your old stats. Damn. I just I just told on myself. All right. Ha-ha. All right. Two, five, four. Shit. Okay. Let me see what what, I, what my what my role is. Um Oh, also no successes. Okay, so you succeed. Um, so you succeed. Uh, you convince her. How do you convince her? Mm. I convince her by, on this 18-hour carriage ride, I point out every... <laughs> every vessel or... Or, or ghost that I oh, see along no. the way, and it's many. <laughs> oh my god! And it is many. I'm just imagining you like Steve Irwinning this entire thing. <laughs> Look at that. 
Yeah, and like troublingly unbothered. Well, because I see this, I see this all the time. This is in my field of vision (laughs) all the time. So I'm like, yeah. But by the end of it, my mom is just like, (gasps) your mom's so freaked out. Yeah, she's like, maybe it would be best if you just spent a while with Auntie Ailish. Oh, I'd love that, Mother. Um, Okay, so. She takes you to the uh, to the um, Silverbone Inn, where Ailish Hafleet is often seen. She doesn't know where Woodspire Manor is, um, but Ailish Hafleet, um, before or after the croissants and the museum. Right, right. Yes, of course. This is I'm after. just saying. I'm this just is, saying. This okay. Never deny it sold her croissant. No, it sold loves croissant, <laughs> and that's gonna come up later. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Are you gonna finish Girl. your croissant? He <laughs> <laughs> sold Carl Weezer parallels. <laughs> like a little too strong. So, um, so let's let's circle back to the party in general. Um, has there been anything that you're all trying to accomplish together? Um, the three the three of you who have been spending essentially like six weeks together. I think Victor is oblivious at the moment as to uh, who can actually stand him. <laughs> so I think I think he's go- I think he's gonna try and you know have some uh, human interaction. Okay. Uh, oh God, it's time for me to pretend to be good at that. Uh, okay. Shit, how do you do this? <laughs> Uh, he's just gonna, I I don't know, like, walk into a common room and just, like, it's a lovely day outside. (laughs) With your diary, like, you hobble in on your cane and you're like, you're like, ah, this, I see you're admiring my diary. (laughs) Yes, I write in this sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, carrying it, just like, double checking if you got everything, just kind of. Snaps it, snaps it shut, and just all right. Just <laughs> would you like in. me to read out of my diary? Sitting in a commons room, holding a guitar, but you only know Wonderwall. I don't think he's gonna say anything unless somebody asks him about it. But he is—he definitely um, does not try to hide it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Maybe he's just like fucking having breakfast that that's a that's a thing people do yes mm-hmm. i think he's gonna have breakfast and just like write in his well maybe he writes in his field journal okay yeah he's just uh because every now and then he maybe he'll like recall stuff that he may have forgotten to put down and right. we don't we don't have google docs in this century so Right. Like making all these fucking footnotes, like sprawling over into other pages or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the nineteenth-century equivalent is for a post-it note. Right. So I think um, I think what what I want to focus on in this section is kind of more how our, how the relationships between the three of you and eventually the four of you are going to evolve. So mm-hmm. um, so Victor, um, your relationships to the uh to the two that you know for now are kind of like you um are deeply curious mm-hmm. as they stand right now you're deeply curious about the life that um rue has led yeah um and you are almost jealous of um of the life that uh nicodemus has led yeah so oh god um Victor's about to do something I never do <laughs> is initiate conversation. Mm. So he's going to I think he's gonna start like kind of just casual and ask about like his travels. He's just You Who's? seem to be a yeah, go ahead, sorry. Who's? Oh, Nicodemus. Um, Nicodemus okay. is there. He's also getting breakfast, but like what what kind of food is available in the manor? Like just I, I, I assume dried nuts or like. Did Mr. Fish go shopping? 
Yeah, Mr. Free. Yeah, Mr. Free goes okay. shopping for you guys. There is now like okay. actual food. But, but, but in the past, yes. I was for sure eating like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 Alga Frisch noticed that and like quietly started to go shopping. <laughs> like no one told him to shop for you guys, but he just like took pity on you. <laughs> this. I wonder if it was Vason. Just put it in an instant cart order. <laughs> Yeah, you just you just opened the cabinets and found <laughs> eggs. Like, <laughs> I, Holy shit! I am overjoyed of these eggs, and I just start like frying some up. Tibbles is like at my feet, like doing that dog thing where he walks back and forth, <laughs> like, "Hey, hey, food, mm-hmm. hey, yes. hey," and <laughs> my cats also do that. Well, just Athena, Hercules, oh, Hercules. he doesn't. Uh. Yeah, I call him Hank. Yeah, Hank Elise. I think Aloysius is—he's in my room. He's just—I um, think I'm just frying eggs, frying up some eggs, and like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Victor. Victor, can I get you? Can I get you something? Oh well, if you're offering, that would be possibly an Bless. egg. All right, you've got it. One egg. <laughs> and I, yes, I pull one from the pantry and, like, uncooked, just hand it to him with, like, a, a, a Groucho Marx, like, nah, 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 like, eyebrow wiggle. <laughs> he takes the egg and just, like, like, leans against the counter because... I think he's waiting his turn to fry his egg. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying times. Yes. Could you offer me an egg in these trying times? And you're waiting for your frying time. Yes, I'm waiting for. Yes. Can I offer you an egg for these frying times? (laughs) Mom said. Mom said it's my turn on the flat top. I. I like seeing that my joke has not landed. I look at Victor and go, just like, would, would you like me to cook that for you? Like, would you like? Oh, um, sure, <laughs> it's yes. It's very sheepish and awkward. Like, well, yes, I clearly need to work on this on this one. Uh, and I, I fry up. I put one on one egg on my plate and then another one in a little dish I have on the floor for for Tibbles and then uh, (laughs) crack open another one just I love how my own cluelessness kind of seeped into Victor's (laughs) (laughs) the joke went completely over my head as well (laughs) I thought I thought Nicodemus was being like you said you wanted an egg. Oh, yeah. Here's an egg. Okay. Yep. No. Yeah. He fully <laughs> like, huh? In, in Nicodemus it. is also like the dad joking <laughs> one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's the pioneer of what we like to call train, train comedy. Train. <laughs> As it's known colloquially, hobo tricks. That's yeah. That's that's the name of the uh, <laughs> of the talents. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Victor, you working hard or hardly working? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Is this thing on? And I like tap the spatula. Working hard or hardly working? <laughs> I'm trying to imagine 19th century stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings all, and how do yes. we fare tonight? I have a wonderful show prepared Aristocrats for you. contract cholera like this. <laughs> but the lower class <laughs> contract cholera like this. Oh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I... That's I also one. just sort of like gesture to Victor's notebook, like, uh, uh, so what? What are you? What are you working on there, Victor? Wait, so we know in character that the thing's called Aspergus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, oh, this. So, and he turns to the pages with he turns to the first page where he 
tried to draw the Spurtus and wrote some initial notes on it. I've been trying to keep track of all the field experience that I've I'm undertaking with this endeavor, and I figured I'd start with our our friend the mm. Spurtus. So I've I've taken the liberty of starting starting notes on that. Good. It's quite the weird one, but but Spartus. Yeah, it's. I mean, I had read about things before, but I'd never seen anything mm. like this. What? It was very very what? cool to see. Say <laughs> cool. So, have you you've read about these things? Well, not these, not the specific thing, but I've read accounts of other people uh, seeing and encountering these, these, I forget what Victor calls them. I have it written down in his fucking diary entry. <laughs> Hold on. Frantically skims a molestation. Diary entry. This is Ollie skimming Victor's diary for what yep. Victor calls. <laughs> um, it's not... Well, okay, out of character. It's not derogatory to call them the hidden, right? No. Um, <laughs> okay, whew. Yeah, okay. they they, uh, they typically... They don't like to be called Vessen. They don't like to be called, okay. um, like, Faye or anything like that. They okay. like... They like to just not be referred to very much. So Bro. people very uh, very tr- very transgender of them. Very Bro. non-binary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I have no, my pronouns are none. Do not refer to me on all accounts. Do I do not think about me. Yeah, but I do not wish no. to be perceived. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I uh, no. Yeah, uh, but Victor calls them the hidden. Yeah. Uh, God, where was I? I've been reading accounts and encounters that other people have documented of their their familiarity with the hidden, and I've been doing this for some time now, and it's nice to actually experience that kind of thing for myself. Every sentence that comes out of my mouth, I'm throwing up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> um... I feel like Rue, sorry, I feel like Rue has been sitting on the counter the entire time, just eating a bowl of granola, just watching this entire (laughs) exchange, just shaking their head. And once once Victor starts going off, they roll their eyes, take their granola, and leave to go hang out with the bird. (laughs) Relatable. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they grab a pack of seeds before they leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you? He's like, did you want an egg? Uh, egg. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Polyvox. I've been Rune, and we've been your Anthro Gang today. Um, We're super excited to add Lindsay to the mix and show you what a great time we all are together. Um, We we've we just (laughs) it's just it's just such a different dynamic when we're all together, and and we have we have such a good time. Um, If you like the show, please don't forget to. Uh, tweet us at AnthroGang, share us with your friends, leave us a like and a review on your favorite podcatcher platform, and just in general, keep consuming the show, and uh, we're I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm super grateful to all of you for uh, for continuing to stick with us and um, and, and you know, I, I it, it boggles the mind to see just how many of you there are um, 
but there could always be uh, another Anthro Gang fan out there. So um, if you think that there's someone out there who's interested in um, weird world building and Nordic horror and uh, role-playing games, and um, eventually what we will have is some kind of anthropological analysis of what's going on here, um, uh, then please do uh, show them this podcast because I think it might make might might just make their day. Certainly will make my day. Um, we also have a Patreon and a coffee, and you can find those links on our website, anthrogang.com. Um, so I think that's it for now. Uh, stay tuned next... Not next Monday, but the following Monday. You know, it's possible that we will start dropping these weekly because we are just kind of churning them out. But um, but for now, it will remain a an every other weekly show. Um, so t- stay tuned in two Mondays for the next episode of Mystery Arc 2, which we are calling A Captain of Industry. All right. See you later. Later.